you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Chronicles, the fourth chapter. I'm going to read a familiar prayer um, by a man named Jabez. And I'm going to speak to you a little bit this morning. I feel that the Lord, I want to say what I feel the Lord would have me to say this morning. First Chronicles. The fourth chapter, verse number nine. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. The NIV uses a different term. It says increase my territory and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. And God granted him. Everybody say God granted him. God granted him that which he requested. By the help of the Lord today, I want to preach for a few minutes on the subject that thou would bless me. That thou would bless me. Would you pray that kind of prayer this morning? Lord, right now in your presence, we need you. And we pray this prayer today, oh Lord, that thou would bless me. Lord, let let your glory shine down upon your people this morning. Bless the hearts and the lives of every person in this house today, we ask. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, God bless you. You may be seated. I was just thinking that I didn't mention all the other guests that we have. I started calling names. I should have never done so this morning. But we're thankful for each of you who are here this morning. Some I haven't had an opportunity to meet, and I look forward to doing so. Amen. The very name Jabez means affliction or sorrow. Thus, the naming of Jabez by his mother, the name comes from an un familiar root meaning 
to grieve. And so in the birthing of this child that grew up to become or to be Jabez, um, Chad, I have something really strange going on here in my monitors right now. It is, uh, I'm ringing kind of uh, mid-ring. I know you guys are working hard this morning. You know, the sound guys, we don't ever even notice them until something isn't right. <laughs> I think we ought to give these hard-working guys a hand. I know they're trying their best today. Thank you. That did help me right there. It took that ring out. So the very name Jabez means affliction or sorrow, and it comes from an un unfamiliar root meaning of the word grieve. The Bible said that his mother called his name Jabez, saying this because she bore him in sorrow. So from the pains of a mother giving birth, she calls the name Jabez. Thus, it sticks with the child, and it means to be born in sorrow. The scholars are not sure the source of this sorrow, but I think it becomes pretty, pretty clear here. Some believe that perhaps it was either the sorrow for, for her husband who was not there with her who had died or by reason of the excruciating pain she endured. And for all of the moms in the house, you would say amen. And so First um, Chronicles, the fourth chapter, the ninth verse gives us a, a little insight. It said that Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. He was more honorable than his brethren. That scripture is telling us that Jabez was more deserving of honor, more responsible perhaps, more dependable, more committed, more trustworthy, more devoted maybe than his brothers. Jabez was not more worthy because he had more. I want you to stay with me this morning and get this foundation that I want to build in this message today. Uh, it wasn't because Jabez had more, but because maybe he made better use of what he had. This is the essence of wisdom. Wisdom is... A wise person may not necessarily be the most educated person in the room, but they have great use, great concepts of how to use what education that they have. Knowing how to make the best out of what you have been given to work with. So true honor is not what a person has, but honor is in the character of the one who has it or one who has the ability to live his life with much wisdom. This means that Jabez excelled above his brothers because Jabez used wisdom in life. This is the characteristic that God would have in all of his children, the desire and ambition and effort to be the very best that they can be. How many of you have that desire? 
Whatever it is that I do, I want to do with all of my heart. I want to do it with the best of my ability. And to make the best out of whatever we have been given. Either we can cry about life and say we, we got an unfair draw. You know, it, we didn't, if, if we would have been born in a different era or uh, if we had a different last name or if we had more money in our bank account. Oh, I felt the anointing there. We can all complain about the problems and the troubles and the issues of life and find a reason why we think that we haven't done more than what we've done. But the truth is, wisdom teaches us to take whatever we have been given and to make the very best out of what God has blessed us with. Because unfortunately, sweetheart, you probably didn't even deserve the blessings that you have received. But he's been, I don't know about you, but I can tell you, he's been better to me than what I deserve. I don't deserve his goodness. I don't deserve his mercy. And I don't deserve his grace. But God has been so good to me. I want to make the best out of what I've been blessed with. This desire and ambition and personal effort will place anyone in a more honorable place than others around them because of our attitude of gratefulness and blessing to understand where we are. When I recognize this morning that I may not be the most gifted, I may not be the most educated, but I am blessed of the Lord. When I understand that others have more talent and more ability, but yet I find myself being used of God, it, you ever wonder why has God chosen me? Shouldn't he have chosen somebody that was more deserving than I? God doesn't use you based on your ability. He doesn't use you based on your credentials. He uses you based on your availability to Him. The wealthiest and the most successful people in life claim that they have become so because they are willing to do what other people avoid doing. And there was a pretty powerful little tidbit for you. The most successful people in the world say, they work hard at things that other people want to avoid. In other words, just because it's hard, I'm not going to skip over it. Because that may be the very thing that makes the difference. In the 10th verse of the 4th chapter of 1 Chronicles, Jabez called on the God of Israel and he said, Oh, that thou... Wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge, everybody say enlarge, enlarge my coast. Well, that word coast means your territory. This doesn't just mean that Jabez 
was asking God to give him more or to pour more blessings out on him, but rather that God would give him the ability to be able to believe beyond his capacity to believe and trust God. I'm going somewhere this morning. If our prayer for the blessings of God would be more that we would be able to comprehend, as the writer said, what is the breadth and the height and the width and the depth of what God is. If we could only, if we could better comprehend God, we are finite. He is infinite. So when we begin to think about God, we can get trapped in our small box of thinking. So the prayer of Jabez for God to enlarge, everybody say enlarge, enlarge his capacity. What kind of prayer is being prayed? Enlarge my capacity. I had good dinner last night. If I'd had a little more capacity, I would have eaten a little more. Don't judge me. It was my anniversary. We were celebrating with food. It's what apostolic people do, you know. To enlarge his capacity, he was asking God to enlarge his Ability. He wasn't talking about land and cars and bank accounts. Mm -hmm. Most of the prayers we pray are for God to enlarge our bank account. God, give me a better job so I can buy a bigger house. A fancier car, nicer clothes, take more vacations. Whew, enlarge my territory. The point here has nothing to do with things that make you feel better. The enlargement that Jabez is praying for is he is asking God to enlarge his ability, his capability. Enlarge my territory or my reservoir of faith to believe God, that you can do more than what I have been able to trust you for. When we get to the point that our prayer stops being about how God bless me so I can have more. Bless me so I can live better. And we start praying for God to bless us with the capacity to be able to see him as he really is. God bless me with the capacity to be able to sense and know that in my darkest hour, God, I can't see you, but I want to know that you're there working. At the moment, God, when I can't feel you and don't even know where you are, Give me the ability, God. Give me the ability to be able to trust and know that behind the scenes, 
in the darkness of despair that you are working and that you're making it happen when it seems like that there's no way. God, you're still working there and you're still making a way out of no way. God, enlarge my territory. Enlarge my coast. Don't just pour more blessings on me. But rather this verse speaks of an enlargement of his personal capacity to trust God, to believe God. Now, the issue here is that, I heard somebody say it right the other day, they, say, they said, when you ask God for patience, you've got to be willing to be able to take, accept the trial that's going to come, that's going to teach you the patience. So when we ask God to enlarge our territory, when we ask God to broaden our view of Him, we are opening ourselves up for God to be able to reveal and show more of His glory to us. God, God can't be any more God than He already is. Let me help you with this this morning. God can't be any more of a healer than what He already is. God can't be any more of a Savior than what He already is. One act of Calvary potentially saved the whole world. Stripes on His back paid the price for our healing. And so therefore He is our Savior. He is our healer. He's able to forgive. God, I really need you to show up and, and be a, a more forgiving God than you normally are. No. He was wounded for our transgressions, our failures. He was bruised for our iniquities, the most hideous sin or crime that man can. He's already paid for all of that. He can't become any more God than he already is. He can't become any more healer than he already is, any more savior. He can't be anymore. So the capacity is not within God to be able to be more to us. But the capacity, the enlargement, the blessing must be upon us so we have the ability to be able to recognize one of my favorite songs that the choir is singing right now is even though I can't see it, you're working. Because there's such a concept involved in that. Because on the dark days of life when I feel like I'm alone and nobody knows and nobody, the, the enlargement of capacity is to be able to say, but I know. <laughs> I can't see it, but I know by faith my capacity has been increased. I've already, I'm blessed with an enlargement of faith to be able to know that while nobody else around me can see, I can see it by faith. When nobody else has the ability to trust, enlarge my capacity to trust. Eight weeks ago, my sister was diagnosed with cancer. This is not a good thing in my family. My family, her plague, the, my mother's side of the family, 
are plagued with, with cancer. My father's side of the family is plagued with heart disease. I don't have too much one way or the other. My mom passed away at 63. My sister is 63, and she was diagnosed with cancer. My grandma died at 68 with cancer. My great-grandma died in her late 50s with cancer. So we could go on and on and on. So my point is, is my sister received a diagnosis. When she received the diagnosis, started through all of the process, and it seemed like the further that they go in testing, the more they are discovering. Yesterday, Annette looked at me and said, my goodness, it has been eight weeks since you hadn't had treatment, the first treatment yet. This is kind of the nature. Because they're, they're still in the discovery phase. They're still trying to figure out where it's at and how far it is spread. And so a couple of weeks ago, they said it's in the lymph nodes. And then they want to know more. And so they run further testing. And so they, they've ran further. And at this point, see, it started out. She said, well, I know God's got this. No, no big deal. A few weeks later, she calls, and I hear that question in her voice. And she said, but I'm holding on to faith. Then a few weeks later, she called, and she said, well, they feel like maybe it's spread. And, and, and I know I'm, I'm just trusting God, and, and I'm holding on to one doctor said it may not be. And, and, and I'm just I'm, I'm trying to, and I've watched the progression as the enemy has tried to decrease her capacity. Are you with me this morning? See, it's in the darkness of life when the enemy will use these things to, to decrease our capacity to believe. The trust factor was big as long as it was somebody else. But now that it's me, it's a whole different story. And so now my capacity to trust begins to be decreased. And then last week, Last weekend, I received a call from my middle sister, and she called, and she said, please pray. She's starting to deal with, Karen's starting to deal with a lot of pain. There's a lot of other issues that's involved, and so she began to talk about these pain, the pain that she's in and, and the suffering. My dad called yesterday, and we talked a little bit, and a lot of concerns, and, and so, of course, at these moments, and I said to both my dad yesterday as I was driving, and I spoke to my middle sister, I said, listen, the only words that Karen can hear right now is faith. Because at these moments, she needs an encouraging word, not somebody to try to drudge up every, well, you know, this is when mom passed away to the same disease you... I rebuke that in the name of the Lord. I'm talking to you today about bless me. I'm trying to explain to you to change your prayer of blessing from God. Just help me to feel better and have more to say in God expand my territory of faith and my ability to believe and trust on the darkest days of my life. You're working when I can't see it because of the storm clouds. You're working. I need an expansion. I need an enlarged territory. I need my faith expanded. Expanded. I want to be able to see. I need capacity to trust greater than I'm already trusting. We start talking about revival. 
And if we're not careful, we will limit God when we preach about revival. And we'll limit it to, God, I'm believing you for a 20-soul revival or a 30-soul revival or one like we had a few years ago where we had a 58-soul revival and people were talking about it. We're like, God, give us another 58-soul revival. Enlarge my territory. God, give us a citywide revival. Or maybe, Lord, since we're enlarging, give me a, a countywide. No, no, Lord. I'm praying for an enlargement that we recognize regional revival. Or, or let's, how about we start praying for a worldwide revival? And believe that everything that we do is reaping a worldwide, worldwide harvest. 135 received the Holy Ghost in the Philippines. Here in about two weeks, we have a group going to Greece. I'm believing for a harvest of souls. Enlarge, enlarge, enlarge my ability to believe. But the Philippines is having great revival. But Greece, <laughs> ooh, it's another thing. We've been there two or three times. It's, it's, it's a lot more difficult. It's not widespread revival. This is my point. We can't afford to say, well, we're going to do outreach today, and we're going to, you know, this is a real hard neighborhood right here. Nothing's hard for God. He's no respecter of persons. So if we go to Greece and baptize one and have one get the Holy Ghost, we're going to shout for the victory. Hey, it's God that gives the increase anyway. But God, would you give me the ability to have the faith for Greece that I had for the Philippines two weeks ago? Oh, is anybody with me this morning? I don't want to embarrass anyone, but I had somebody tell me one time, I spoke of somebody and I said, they're on my prayer list. I'm praying for them. They said, they will never be saved. Really? They'll never be saved. That was the word I was told. They will never be saved. It was only about three years after I was told they would never be saved. I watched them walk in, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. All I want to say is never say never. Pray for God to enlarge your territory. Those wayward kids of yours, start praying. Enlarge my capacity today. God, I'm not seeing it, but let me see it. God, I'm not able to recognize it today, but enlarge my capacity. Enlarge my territory to believe you for it. Sometimes we need to pray for God to open the doors of opportunity. You want to be a great soul winner? Well, I just don't ever see it happening. What are you praying for? God, make me a soul winner, but I don't see it happening. Maybe we need to get more definitive with our method of prayer and pray, God, increase my circle of influence. Can I talk to you, church? Some of us need to get a friend outside of the church. So we got somebody to witness to. Come on, somebody. 
We need to find somebody that's not like us and say, hey, I'm going to become friend with my neighbor so I can reach out to them and bring them. If you're going to win people, you've got to increase your circle of influence. You've got to, if you want to grow your ministry, if you want to do better with your outreach, you have got to enlarge your territory. I know we got criticized yesterday. We got criticized a little bit yesterday because we had a party. And Spencer and the whole Lebanon group, we ought to give them a great big hand once more. They did a phenomenal job. You want to be encouraged? I dare you just to, to take a Sunday afternoon and drive over to Lafayette and be in the Spanish service. It's bilingual, by the way. You'll enjoy it all. Go over and, and support Brother and Sister Sanchez and the work that they're doing there. Drive over to Lebanon and support the, the, the team, Spencer and the team there. And, and see what they're doing or, or find one of the parties like yesterday. They're, they're out in the parking lot and they have a, they took the bounce house that the church bought several years ago. It's an old worn out bounce house. They put it up in the parking lot and uh, Brother Nathan, he's master griller. He was, he was grilling those hot dogs like nobody's business. You don't have to be too good to do that, you know. And they were giving away bottles of water. They had a little movie screen set up out there and was had had it was just very kid and family oriented in the parking lot. And so go ahead and keep criticizing and keep your church at twenty. Yeah. Yeah. We had twenty seven people that we've never been able to reach, never met, that came walking onto the church grounds. First time, 27 first time guests. I don't know how many return. With 72 total there, 27 first time guests that come walking in that we've never met before. Don't get critical of what people are doing to enlarge their territory. It doesn't matter. When I was a kid, I remember my dad preaching from rooftop. That was the end thing. It drew a crowd. I've seen preachers shave their heads. I'm not doing that, I don't think. My wife told me, no, I'm not. We've done candy rains. We've done contests. We have done whatever. Listen, we need to stop being critical of what our neighbor does to grow a church or to reach people. I'm not talking about unbiblical kind of stuff. I'm not talking about unwholesome and unholy kind of things. But when people begin to do whatever they have to do to enlarge their territory, get you a clipboard and go door to door with five pencils in your pocket holder. That's what you want to do. Set Brother Nathan out in the parking lot and grill some hot dogs and give away some bottles of water. What are you doing? Praying that God will enlarge our territory. See, some of us spend a lifetime praying for revival, but we don't do whatever we can do to increase our sphere of influence. And it's, if we want our influence to increase, we've got to do whatever we can to reach them. 
a few years ago, I just mentioned a little bit ago about the great revival, one-month revival where we had 58 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That came from an event in the park that we spent about $22,000 to put on. But we reached 58 people, several of them still serving God today. So my question, my question is what is a soul worth? Before people get critical of $22,000, my goodness, that's a lot of money. What's that money in eternity? I'm trying to stay with my point this morning. The issue is, is that we are praying for revival and we want to be used of God and we want to reach the lost, but we want to keep doing what we've always done. I like to fish. I haven't caught a fish all day long. That's right, all day. I got up this morning and thought, well, this is nice fishing weather. I like to fish. I even walked out and petted my dog this morning. All my fishing poles were right there. I've got some nice ones. Brother Duggar gave every one of them to me. I have more fishing equipment than a man could ever use in a lifetime. All given to me. Compliments of Brother Duggar because he wanted his pastor to be able to fish. Because I like to fish. I haven't caught a fish all morning and I do not understand why. I love it. The weather's nice for it. I've got all kind of fishing equipment. Would you help me pray right now? I want everybody in the room to join hands with somebody and pray that Pastor will catch a fish in the next 10 minutes. I love to fish. I'm going to still love to fish 10 minutes from now. Can anybody tell me why I haven't caught a fish today? Because, because I'm not. I'm not fishing. If we want to grow the church, we got to be about the Father's business. Boy, I want to teach a Bible study. Good. Get out and teach one. Well, I will if anybody knocks on my door and asks me if I'd do it. I'm talking about enlarging our capacity. If we want some of our prayers to be answered, we need to be proactive. Oh, pastor's getting all off center now. He's saying you got to help God. You don't need to help God do anything, but sometimes God's looking, waiting on us, saying, I've given you a whole city. I've given you a whole region. I've given you your neighborhood. I've given you your neighbors, and you haven't even witnessed to them. I've provided healing for your body. I've potentially saved your family. But the problem is the space between our ears is so filled with so much clutter. And God is saying, if you'll just ask me to enlarge your faith, increase. See, the blessing that we need today is not more stuff. The blessing we need today is not a better life. We need to pray that God would enlarge 
our capacity to trust Him. And here's what the Scripture said. And God granted him that which he asked. Jabez wanted to be blessed, but he wanted the blessing under the guiding and protecting hand of the Lord. See, the issue is, is that whatever God does in our lives, we, we've got to learn to trust God and let Him be in control of what He's doing. The Scripture bears out another story of blessing a young man went to his father, asked for his portion of goods to be bestowed upon him. We call it the prodigal son, the story of the prodigal. I'm going to, I'm going to hurry here just a little bit so I can make a couple points before I, before I close. He wanted the blessing of his father's house without the influence or authority of the Father's house. Anybody with me now? Give me my portion of goods, and he went and spent it on riotous living. Father, give me, I, I want all the blessings without the responsibility. He rejected the influence of the Father's house. He walked away to enjoy his blessings without his Father's hand. He wanted the blessings his own way. My question to the church today is have you really considered what God has blessed you with and how you have handled the blessings that God has already put in your life? Because the chances are how you have handled the blessings that God has already put in your life will determine how you're going to handle the future blessings of what God is going to put in your life. Because if you can't be faithful over a few Mm, nobody's going to help the preacher today. With blessing comes great responsibility. What privileges has God granted us in our lifetime? Did we receive them under the authority of God? Were we submitted to His will? I've seen people so they struggle, 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 struggle their way through life financially. Praying for a blessing, praying for a blessing. As soon as they get a little blessing, they don't need God. They don't need the church. When you're blessed, are you still submitted to godly leadership? Do you ask God for blessings and expect no responsibility to come with those blessings? See, here's where I am this morning. I believe that we are on the verge of one of the greatest moves of God in history. God has given us influence, increase, honor, and favor at every event, every function, every service. God is giving us increase. Our, our influence is being, is being increased everywhere that we turn. I, I'm not sure. Here's the issue. I'm not sure that our faith is ready to receive what God is ready to pour out on us. We had hoped to be about June. It looks now probably like it will be more along the lines of August for the time that we're actually able to move into our new building. We've talked a lot about that. And we're excited about moving in and things are looking so nice. There's been a lot of hard work and I appreciate the men and women that have been volunteering so much, working so hard, trying to get us, trying to get us finished up. And we're down on the details now. I mean, we're coming down to the wire. And things are really looking nice and and it's it's moving along nicely. And I I 
people have said, what's a building got to do with revival? Have you tried to get here late and park? This is for real. Somebody called my wife yesterday and asked my wife to save them a seat for service tonight. It really happened. A guest I'm talking about. Would you save me a seat? Because I've been there. <laughs> I, and would you, would you, is anybody with me this morning? My point is, is that my capacity to believe God has been expanded. And I'm, I'm asking the church to allow God to expand your capacity and your faith. When we started, we poured a concrete slab, a lot of folks are saying, well, this looks really small. And then we built the building and they said, this looks really big. And we built the platform to seat a 50-voice choir and people are like, well, that platform's too big. Would somebody expand their... Would, would somebody let... We're going to be able to seat about 400 out there. Well, we don't have 400. What do we need a building for 400 for if we don't have 400? Because this is just phase one. This is going to hold temporarily until we can build a bigger building. See, see the expansion? I'm trying to use some physical things to try to help you understand what we're believing God for. Some of us are asking God. We're praying little bitty prayers instead of praying God to enlarge our capacity to trust Him on a scale that we have never trusted before. I don't know what God's going to do. I haven't. I, I spoke to Brother uh, Heron on the phone only because he called me Friday to tell me that he was concerned that he would not be able to be here uh, because his daughter... Uh, was sent to the hospital. They had to call 911 and she was at the point of death and he didn't think he was going to be able to make it. And I released him and told him, no problem. He called me back and said, uh, it's working out. I'm going to be able to be there. And I said, well, thank God for that. Um, and we're looking forward to it. Other than that, I've had no conversation with him. So I have no clue what message he's bringing, what God's going to do. I have no earthly idea. But if you're believing God for something, here's what I'm asking you to do today. When I'm about to close here in a few in a few moments, and uh, that's that's number one. Close number one. All right. Uh, so, so what I'm challenging you to do today is to begin to ask God, Lord, I've been what I've been asking you for is too small. What I've been believing for is too small. You know, we, we, we for a while were going around here and, you know, we, we were saying we're, we're believing God. We're believing God for 500. I could see the church growing to 500. 500. And the Lord gave Spencer a word and Spencer was fired up and came to me and he said, Dad, I'm believing God for a 3,000 soul revival well that's good Spencer that's good Spencer boy he's something else isn't he that boy I tell you 
that special. And then Brother Nichols walks into the pulpit and said they have something they do in their church. We are 10,000. No, you're crazy. You're not 10,000. You're just a couple hundred. Could I challenge somebody this morning to get the faith when somebody says, how is your family? Mm, they're about to come to the Lord. How's that backslidden loved one? They're, they're on their way back. <laughs> they're coming back. Really? You're seeing signs of that? That's mm -hmm. just all I see right now is a cloud that's the size of a man's hand, and it's in a distance. But go ahead and start preparing the chariots and the horses because I hear the sound. Nobody else hears it, but I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Oh, come on, somebody today needs to ask God, enlarge my territory, increase my capacity. I see the impossible coming to pass. Oh, come on, stand to your feet and give God a shout of praise in the house this morning. I started thinking the other day I was reading through the Bible and this one begat this one and that one begat this one and the other one begat another one and I was like I don't even know who these people are they begat this one and then after a while I'll get to a name oh hmm so all of these other people that did all this begatting. Had to begat this one and begat that one and begat the other one. And finally, here's a recognizable person. They did some good stuff. And then some of those names come up to, oh, they were a mighty man. Wow. What about all those people, all those begatters? They lived, they begat, and they died. It's about all I know about them. Hmm. What about us? What's going to be said about my life? You know, it was that preacher down there at that church. Well, they had... They had three powerful sons, Spencer and Dylan and Gentry. What was his name? He begat those three boys. They were powerful, did great things. Ten years after death, will it have mattered that we lived other than who we begat? Or do we want it to be said about us? 
I mean, somebody's got to turn their world upside down. Why not it just go ahead and be said about Christian Life Church, those people? That Pastor Jordan down there, he is turning the world upside down. I want to be more than just another mentionable statistic that lived and died. And my name gets put on the wall with a plaque should Jesus not come for a while. I walked into a church some time ago, very renowned church if I called the name. You would all know who it was. There was about ten plaques on the wall stretching all the way back from the turn of the century. There on the wall, names, many of them that I recognize, most of them that I recognize. Renowned name, renowned name, renowned name. Of all the great things that they did, the person that was taking us on the tour give us a little insight. They were the writer of this book. They were the writer of such and such song. They, Their kids did this, and they going through, giving us the rundown, and there was a couple of names. They pastored here from this time to this time, and then there was this one pastored here from this time to this time. But then, boy, one of our, the church really grew under this pastor. I'm stepping back, and I'm thinking, hmm, what, what about those that all you said was they pastored here from here to here, and from here to here? And the reality began to set in. said well he built a building that's his legacy his tenure was building a building his life's purpose was just raising three boys I think not if it's available to me anybody with me today I want to do everything I can. I, 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 want to, I want to be the one that people say they were, he was a mighty man of prayer. He was a man of great faith. He was, a, he was a man that could speak a word of faith and things happened. People received healing. People's lives were changed. When he walked in a room, the whole environment of the room changed. Come on, somebody. Do you want to just live and die? And they went to church down there, down the street. You know, they, they, were, they were one of those Christians down the street. Or do you want people to identify and know? It's all about your capacity. Are you okay with your little box? Or does somebody this morning want to step out and begin to say, increase my capacity? Enlarge my territory. Let me do more and be more. Jabez's name stood out among his brothers. He wasn't a great preacher. He wasn't a ruler over nations. He wasn't famous on a battlefield. He's remembered because of his prayer. He was more honorable than his brothers because of his prayer. Increase my territory. Let me have more faith, more ability, 
more capacity to be able to believe. Bow your heads with me all over the room right now. Don't be satisfied with status quo. Would somebody in the house today want to pray for an increase of faith? For an increased capacity to believe. Enlarge our borders. Enlarge our territory. My blessing's not to do with my comfort, but it's a blessing of eternal significance. Open your hand to blessing, God. Pour out power. Pour out power. Open your hands of anointing and let it pour out on me, God. Increase my faith, God. Come on, somebody's got to go after it today. Even when I can't see it, you're working. When I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You when never the, stop. Listen, when, when the mantle of Elijah fell, there were others that stood around. Many talk about the mantle falling on Elisha, but the truth is it never fell on Elisha. When the, when the, the mantle of Elijah fell, Elisha ran to where it was and snatched it up. He picked it up and he said, give me a double portion. That's the kind of capacity somebody needs to pray for today. God, I want to get a hold of something. I want to go after it. I'm willing. It, it, I'm not expecting you to rain it on me. I'm willing to run and get it. And I'm going to start believing now, God. Give me a double portion. Let me have a double portion. Come on, throw your hands in the air right now. And begin to ask God, Lord, let me go after it in faith. I want to go after it in faith. I want to believe when you I can't it. see it, you're working. Expand Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when 